People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, inviting you to join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear our take as three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can follow us on Facebook. You can reach us with your comments, questions, suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and you can email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And stay tuned for our long-awaited YouTube channel. And now on with this week's episode. Hello, once again, Brothers Talk family, as we welcome you and all first-time listeners, wherever you're listening in, around the world to our message of holding critical thinking conversations to promote social activism and uplift people everywhere as it continues to spread. We sincerely appreciate you also, and we thank you for your help with the work of encouraging and educating those you interact with in identifying opportunities to endorse and inspire new and existing Black businesses and individuals for the empowerment and prosperity of our community. Your weekly coronavirus awareness alert, Because We Care, is that the New York Times is reporting the number of Americans getting the latest coronavirus vaccines are far too few. Just over 7% of adults and 2% of children had received the shot as of October 14th, according to a survey presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The numbers are weak even among those most at risk of severe illness. According to the survey, only one in five people aged 75 or older has been vaccinated, along with about 15% of those ages 65 to 74. Some 16,000 people were hospitalized with COVID in the week ending October 14th, compared with nearly 23,000 the same time last year and more than 44,000 in 2021. While the trend is heading in the right direction, the numbers are still way too high. COVID hospitalizations among adults 75 and older are two to three times as high as among those aged 65 to 74. Rates of hospitalization are highest among Native Americans, Alaska Natives, and Black Americans, and more than 1,200 people are dying of COVID each week, according to the CDC data. Imagine losing an entire small town of 1,200 people each week for an entire year. That's the kind of madness we're facing. Less than 1% of Native Americans and Alaska Natives and 7.6% of Black Americans had received the vaccine as of October 14th as well. So once again, we're pleading with you to arm yourselves and your loved ones by getting vaccinated or get the boosters, wash your hands, wear masks in crowded situations, use plenty of disinfectants. And if you get sick, please stay home until you're no longer contagious and try not to spread it to others. Come on, people. We don't have any family and friends to spare. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. And thank you, family, for your continued support. And to just stay with that theme about the pandemic, uh, if you watch 60 Minutes, they did a show, they talked about some of the research that they've done since the pandemic. So it's been four years and they've had an opportunity to take a look and see what works and what doesn't work. And you have people who are still, who still don't support wearing masks and to still don't believe that, you know, that t- getting the vaccine is going to help them. But according to the show that I saw, uh, they talked about how new buildings that have been 
constructed by Amazon, their new headquarters in, in, in Virginia, and some other places where the HVAC system, they demonstrated how uh, when, when you're in a room with a person and that person is infected, how the air just that with the virus just stays in that room for like two hours. But if you got airflow and you got a, a, a HVAC system that's working properly, it's, it's like an 80% chance that you're not going to get COVID. So, and they also talked about wearing any kind of mask, even a cotton mask, provides some protection. So if you don't want to do anything, wear some type of mask when you're around your, around your family, your friends, and in public so that we can finally get rid of this virus and move forward. Norm? Thanks, Scott. I want to remind everyone that the holiday season is uh, quickly approaching us. And it's important that we subsidize and support Black businesses in our area. Because remember, the holiday season is where most of these businesses make most of their money for the entire year. So it's important that we remember to do that. And also, it's important that we remember the Palestinians and the people of color that are struggling for human rights in the Middle East, and that we contact our local representatives and our national representatives to let them know how we feel. Because remember, we're struggling in this country for the same things. This week, we want to talk about a topic that I will refer to as Republican intentional dissonance. You know, and I'm saying this in regard to making a distinction between intentional dissonance, which is our term, versus cognitive dissonance, which is the more widely known term. And cognitive dissonance is usually when basically people have an inability to acknowledge what they see in front of them. You know, it's kind of like when a person knows that they do need to exercise in order to stay healthy, but they don't do it somehow believing that they will be healthy anyway. Another example is people who spend money on sales and things saying that, well, okay, this is going to save me money. Well, you know, that's an example of seeing something the way you want it versus the way it is. The intentional dissonance, on the other hand, is what I see as when people decide that they're not going to acknowledge what is in front of them. That's different from people who are missing the point. These are people who are intentionally making a point of disavowing the facts in front of them. And so you heard me mention that this is in terms of the Republicans, because one of the reasons I call them Republicans is because, in essence, a lot of what they do, whether it's election denial or whether it's their stance on abortion rights, is counterintuitive to what they know the facts are. And yet they find themselves over and over again pushing this narrative that flies in the face of truth. And so, Scott, you sent a really good article that spoke to the fact that, in essence, a lot of these Republicans who supported this new Speaker of the House, and this is not a guy that I even want to say his name because of his racist history, because of his anti-feminist history, because of his position on the election denial and attempt to overturn. I just won't dignify his name here. But we see that they've elected him the Speaker of the House, and they know on the one hand that none of the positions that he supported are popular or election-winning 
positions, but in essence, they're going to stand behind him because at the end of the day, that's how 45 has defined the policy, if you would like to call it that, of the Republican positions. And if you want to be a part of the club, you have to fall in line. So it's just a glaring example of people who are intending to push an agenda even though they know that the vast majority of the public doesn't support it. What bothers me is the fact that we know that 45 and people who, who continuously enable him tried to overthrow the government. We know we hear people, we only hear one side talk about how the how democracy is at risk. And you can see it by the Republicans, as well as call them. You can see by the nonsense that they're doing, it's just illogical, other than we want to control, we want somebody who can be uh, a dictator because we want to take this back to the 50s and the 60s so we can decide who comes into this country and we can control the minorities. That's what I think it's all about uh, because uh, they're fast becoming a minority. But you got this situation where people like in the Republican Party, like What's his name? Uh, Newt Gingrich, who had a huge hand in starting this whole type of not governing the way it's supposed to be governed, not cooperating with the other side. If you cooperate with the other side, then there's a problem. You know, people like Karl Rove, George Bush, that whole group, where are they? They're not saying anything. We're the responsible Republicans who are, are the catalyst for what happened here, the reason that you got the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the reason that you got this new speaker of the House who are in Congress, they embolden those people, and they see where these people are attacking historical historical norms in this country. They're just ignoring You even got Mitt Romney in his book saying that a lot of these people don't even believe in the Constitution. But yet, we have a situation where when black football players and black athletes were kneeling because of police brutality, because of how black people are being treated unfairly in this country, they all raised to the uh, television the nearest microphone to chastise, to demean, to call black people un-American. They're not un-American. They're disrespecting the soldiers. But not one of these people, I don't hear nothing from any of these people calling out 45 the way that he's attacking the judicial system, he's attacking judges, he's attacking witnesses, he's attacking anybody who doesn't agree with him, and people are standing on the sidelines allowing it to happen. Why aren't these people being called out by the media? No one in the media, they are talking about it. Nobody's asking Carl Rove. You know, you they, they pounded Barack Obama when he first got in office, they pounded him every day on any little thing. Even one time he didn't have a flag on his uh, American flag on his lapel. It was a big news in the cycle. They just went crazy about that. Anything that he did. But here are people who tried to overthrow the government who will still have a plan in place. If 45 gets back in the office, they already have a plan in place. They're not even hiding it or what they're going to do. And yet, there's no opposition from these people who who enabled them to do this. Well, you know, we're dealing with, unfortunately, a people who are morally bankrupt and have no problem showing that to the world. 
I mean, at this point, these people are the laughingstock of the country and the world. And we live in a time where someone who has been charged with 91 felonies, who is going to run for the presidency and literally could possibly win. That's where we are today. And unfortunately, as you gentlemen have mentioned, we have a political establishment that's literally backing him and literally bowing to to him. And the electorate that's supporting this will only support the foolishness that they carry forward. They're not trying to pass any legislation. They're not putting anything forward for the American people. They're not trying to do anything for the country. What they're trying to do is just organize more mass confusion and an overthrow of the government. Unfortunately, you know, this is what they want. And until we step up as a society and put this thing down, it's going to continue. Thank you both for more examples of intentional dissonance, because what you're describing is literally the kinds of things that we know that they have always supported in the past. But now, for whatever reason, they're conspicuously silent. They are also complicit in trying to drive this new narrative that, in essence, suddenly truth has become subjective, meaning that, you know, I don't understand at what point truth wasn't just simply truth. But now you get these notions of like alternative facts and things like that, just like when you hear all these other countries around the world who are condemning the situation that's going on over in Israel and the West Bank and in outright saying that they are feeling that that situation is incumbent upon the way this situation has turned out based on what Mandela said back in 1990 about the illegality of the notion that Israel has come into that situation and been consistently killing those people off without the world making any notice of it. And as I heard an officer from, I think, either Scotland or Ireland say in a broadcast that how is it that the response to Israel's killing these Palestinians for decades, as he said, is being defined as Israel has the right to defend itself. And so uh, one more example of something that is easily verifiable that that is not the way things are supposed to be, but because of intentional dissonance, you have people pushing a false narrative that is going against all of the fundamentals that they try to insist are at the core of the democracy of the United States, which is supposed to be the beacon of the greatest example of a democratic republic in the history of the world. I kind of sort of get it why the Republicans aren't saying anything, because it's about money. Everything is always about money and power for them. They don't want to piss anybody off who may decide that, you know what, we're not going to support you financially anymore. But I don't understand why the Democrats aren't calling this out. Why why the Democrats aren't saying that? Why aren't they calling Carl Rove out? Why aren't they calling George W. Bush out? Why aren't they calling all these people who enable, who have enabled these, what they, what they call the clown call the clown show? They've enabled the clown show, and even the Democrats aren't calling the people out who enabled them. They're calling out the clown show, the people who are participating in the clown show, They'll call them out, but they're not calling out the people who are behind the 
the, the people participating in the Kyron show. Uh, that part kind of boggles the mind for me. And you got uh, Nancy Pelosi saying that we need a healthy Republican Party so that we can do the business of the government. Why are you supporting this Republicans when they was like slicing and dicing you up every opportunity they got and will still do that? I kind of sort of kind of get what she's saying. It doesn't have to be a Republican Party. We just need two healthy a party that's going to govern the way that the people want to be governed. Because right now you have situations where most Americans believe in uh, a pro-choice. Most Americans think that there should be more restrictions on guns. There need to be more policies, more laws to prevent people who who have mental problems. And, and we know they have mental problems for getting a gun, getting any kind of weapon. But yet the Republicans still are not voting the way that the people want them to vote. And so for her to say that is like, you know, I know you, you know, both parties feed from the same cloth, but this, this looks like it goes a little bit beyond that, you know, because what's happening, they always say, oh, my friend behind closed doors, oh, we're, we get along well and we're friends. So are, are, are these the same people? That's what it looks like to me. You know, right or wrong, Scott, the Republicans have mastered getting their message out and staying on message. Right or wrong, doesn't really matter. They're going to hit their talking points and continue to hit them until their electorate actually believes whatever they're putting out there. The Democrats have a problem actually responding to anything that the Republicans are doing. The Democrats can't even stand on their own message regarding any legislation or anything that they're trying to do, which is why it's so hard to get anything passed in this Congress. But what we have to remember is we have to galvanize our base. The Democrats are going to have a hard time the next election because they're going to have a hard time getting people to come out to vote for them. They've disappointed so many voters in this country. And unfortunately, no matter what the Republicans do, they're going to be motivated to come out. As they already demonstrated, they'll vote for somebody in jail. And that's just where the country is today. So in the final analysis, I really think it boils down to white fragility in that both Republicans and Democrats, by and large, claim their whiteness. And as they see their grip on power lessening, as they see the changing demographics of the world population and of the United States population, they, like the Europeans, are finding ways to hold on to the position in society that they have. And I think it even makes the Democrats less inclined to want to push back because it's, as the old saying goes, a house divided against itself. And in this case, it's the notion of the white race as an ethnic group. And they recognize that for the bottom line, there's more strength in numbers of them being seen as not necessarily fighting with each other than there is for them to be seen as split. So in our Black Business Spotlight, meet Charisma DeClout, a breast cancer survivor and the founder and CEO of Nature Girl Cosmetics, an innovative Black-owned cosmetic line that is redefining the beauty industry with its commitment to non-toxic ingredients. Nature's Girls Cosmetics was born out of Charisma's desire to offer consumers a safe and healthy alternative in the beauty industry. 
All of the products are vegan, paraben-free, and talc-free, ensuring that customers can enjoy the transformative power of makeup without compromising their well-being. The brand's commitment to non-toxic ingredients sets it apart from traditional cosmetics, emphasizing the importance of self-care in the environment. They offer a diverse and cruelty-free range of beauty products that cater to all skin types and preferences. Nature's Girl Cosmetics allows individuals to express their beauty while making conscious choices for their well-being. For more details or to support the brand, visit naturegirlcosmetics.com. That's a wrap for this week's show. And remember, you can follow us and share your thoughts and communicate with us by sending your comments as well as questions and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. As always, God willing, we'll continue to keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. And until our next episode, know that we sincerely appreciate your time, your interest, and you can rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And finally, let's do better today because that's all we really have.